The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond, and hello and welcome once again to IGN's number one PlayStation show most weeks of the year. Uh, I'm Max Scovel. I'm your host, and I'm joined today by Jada Griffin. Hello, hello. John Davison. Hello. And Josh, too. We got the three J's here. Two of Hi. them are JDs. Thank you all for joining me. Uh, we've got a fun show planned for today. We've got some cool stuff to talk about. And by cool stuff, I mean theoretically kind of sad stuff, because E3 isn't happening. This is a... This is sort of a thing we kind of expected. We're not really hugely surprised by that. But that said, we do want to kind of look back at some of our fondest, weirdest, etc. PlayStation-related E3 memories. But we're also going to talk a little bit about two of the Souls-likes that are coming down the pike later this year or in the near future. Uh, a Ninja Turtles game that kind of low-key got announced. And uh, whatever else we have time for. But without further ado, let's talk about some, let's talk about some E3 stuff. Um, John, part of the reason I had you I had you join us is because you are a bit of an industry veteran and you've you've seen you've, you've seen some shit. I've seen some shit. <laughs> um, so when E3 was at its heyday, I was I was I was running EGM and then I was running the official PlayStation magazine. So a lot of my memories of E3 are very PlayStation related. Um, so the two, it's funny. Like my favorite. My E3 moment of all time was at my least favorite E3. Hmm. So in 97 and 98, which is how long ago we're talking, um, there, it was in Atlanta for some reason. And it was hot as balls and like sweaty and nasty and horrible. And Sony that year, um, so they were, you know, like the PlayStation was what, not even four years old yet. So I was there and I was hanging out with um, Chris Van Der Kool, who now runs a studio that that um, that maintains Minecraft um, alongside Mojang, mm. and uh, he uh, his studio is in Scotland. And there's an organization called the Scottish Game Alliance, and they would go to E3 and they would be in full Scottish regalia, kilts, <laughs> sporrans, the works. So my last meeting of the day on the day of Sony used to have these huge, just like epic parties at E3. And uh, he was my last meeting of the day before the Sony party. And he's like, oh, do you want to do you want to come with me and we'll go to the party together? So he has a limo pick him up and takes us. And the Sony party this year was there was a it was a five or six story parking lot that they'd wrapped in like 
white silk or something. So it looked like a big white cube in the middle of Atlanta and they were sort of laser projecting PlayStation logos all out of it. We get there a little late and we step out of the limo and there's it's getting starting to get a little bit dark and there's like fireworks going off. And Chris just looks at me and he's like strong Scottish accent is just like I fucking love my job. And like so this party also went on to being uh it, the Foo Fighters were playing on the roof of this parking garage and uh halfway through the set they'd been like giving it was the year parappa came out they'd been giving out parappa mm. beanies uh dave Grohl pulls on a parappa beanie and starts playing the chop chop master onions no song. what <laughs> <laughs> and it was just one of those like oh my god i can't believe this is happening type moments and it was kind of like that was kind of at the peak extravagance and peak just crazy shit i can't imagine how that might have not been you know budgetarily a reasonable thing to do to <laughs> book a parking garage and wrap it in silk and then oh, have sony the used to spend i mean yeah. literally millions on these things mm -hmm. like every floor of the of the parking lot was themed with different food so there was like a sushi floor and a barbecue floor and wow. like a, and then they would have like djs playing in areas and then the roof was like this big gig and Dave That's Grohl was like the last. And, and Dave <laughs> Grohl. So that, that was that. So that was my favorite E3 moment. Also, I have fond memories of that because like that night, I was hanging out with the person that I eventually married. So it's a bit of a, a bit Aww. of a, a my marriage origin story is at that event. Um, but that E3 was horrible. But that <laughs> night was fantastic. <laughs> it reminds me of like the Fortnite party that they threw maybe a few years ago now. Oh it was God. just so extravagant. They had like Logic performing for yeah. free as well. And it was just massive. What's, what's that? That that was like the USC like stadium or something? Like it was yeah. The, it was like the Rose Bowl or something yeah. like that. If yeah, we yeah, do yeah. sports, I feel like we'd know what that building is. <laughs> it happened around it, which I, was weird. So not I got, inside of it. I got but. into Fortnite super late and I keep thinking about that party and trying to remember details about it because I remember they had like they had like slurp juice booths everywhere and I was like, what the hell is slurp juice? And now I'm like, I wish I remembered that party. It was it was the closest thing to like a Fortnite theme park. It was if you can imagine just they have the IP to make a Fortnite theme park and yeah. that was as close as they ever got and like if they ever make it a real thing i'm there for sure it was awesome now josh you've got to run around and see some very weird stuff because you've done a lot of like social videos and things like that do you have any specific playstation related memories there weren't really like i wouldn't say like playstation specific it was a lot of me it's all a blur honestly when i was spending time at e3 i was shooting a lot of videos where i was playing a character that either owned e3 or was the son of the owner of e3 uh <laughs> none of which are real i think um but yeah it was just i just ran around a lot and interacted with a lot of people who didn't know why this dude was running around in a bathrobe uh with a camera but what's the worst the worst reaction you got did anyone just like take it way too seriously or some people just didn't get the joke which is really interesting there's a guy who was like decked out in like a custom pac-man suit and I was like trying to play as a very rich person. I was like, oh, whoa, I like your suit. Where'd you get that, Armani? And he was just like, huh? What? what? <laughs> but that's that's the gist of it, yeah. Nice. A lot of weird reactions. I, I have one other story from the following year, 1999. Okay. I had to, 
I had to call some people this weekend to recall this this night properly. I feel like this one's going to be was, It was weird. Okay. So you'll, you'll have to forgive all the names that I'm going to drop. And this is actually one of the things I missed about E3. It used to be this very close-knit thing. And, and as you'll see from the story, the kind of mix of people that you would get at, during E3 mm -hmm. like doesn't really happen anymore. So there was another Sony party. And so that there are sort of like flashes of memory. I remember Kudaragi introducing Beck, who was playing the Sony party, and Kudaragi clearly didn't know who Beck was. <laughs> then somehow I ended up on a golf cart with Kudaragi and Phil Harrison and Zoe Flower, who was the host of Electric Playground at the time. And then we end up in a, in a, in a limo again, going to an after party that was hosted by Alan Yu, who used to run GDC. He would do these sweet parties at GDC, and he decided to do one at E3. So we go to this hotel, and we all roll up. Kudaragi disappears. I have no idea where he went. Um, so we go into this party, and then the hotel management shuts the party down and says, you can't do this in a room. You can't get drunk and be loud and boisterous. So we end up in a like uh you know in hotels they have these sort of like giant ballroom function rooms sometimes in the basement mm -hmm. so we're in a ballroom function room downstairs with crates of booze and there's like phil harrison ed freeze from microsoft i think cliff blazinski was there that was like and it's a gigantic yeah. empty room with like maybe 50 people in it that have been like <laughs> thrown out of a party in a hotel room and there's so much space and everyone's been drinking so much by this point, it's like, well, we should we should do some like races or something, right? There's a lot of room. So we end up doing wheelbarrow. You know what wheelbarrow races are when you hold someone's feet and they run along on their arms? Yeah. Yeah. So like Phil Harrison's like seven feet tall. And people like grabbing Phil Harrison's ankles while he's like running along on his hands, and then like the Microsoft team are there, and like, and it was all these all these people from these competing companies just hanging out and drinking and having a good time together. And that's not, I mean, it was twenty what twenty four years ago. Mm -hmm. It's not the kind of thing that happens anymore. But back then, you would get that kind of mix of people. It's like for sure pre social media. Yes. Oh yeah. God, yeah. There like I mean, no people would not do it now just for fear of there being photos of it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I just love that. Like that is, you know, you get this this crazy video game spending where it's like, yeah, sure, book out a castle, book out like a, a stadium, book out a parking mm -hmm. garage. And then it's also like, somebody put a car down, let's get a conference room and do wheelbarrow race. Yeah. Like, let's <laughs> Someone go out and get some booze. I want to yeah. I know how you get, how the seven foot person ended up being the person's legs being held and not the other way around. Like, how did that? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was just, look, I don't, I, look, the, my memory is very vague of it. I don't remember, I, Pear might have been there. I'm pretty sure Doug Perry might have been there who used to be on IGN years ago. There was a lot of people in this room, but my sort of enduring memory is, because like there were a lot of these kinds of things and it was you had there were these like omnipresent people in gaming right there was so there was phil harrison andrew house at playstation there would be ed freeze and seamus and the guys from microsoft there'd be you know like peter moore who i think would have been at sega at the time and bernie Stoll, and all these people that were like these figureheads of the industry and they would you would see everyone hanging out and drinking together and partying together and doing stuff which is not a thing that you see in these more public forums anymore it happens mm -hmm. a little bit at dice or at like at gdc but but this was like it was i mean we were all a lot younger then i mean yeah. <laughs> and the industry was a lot younger then as well and it was kind of it was a little bit like well there's nothing else like this and like we're the only people doing it, it was, there was a lot of making it up as you go along well it's also that was when 
like Microsoft had, didn't have a console then. There was was, was what like gaming for Windows at that yeah. point. Yeah, and then it was like very early. Sidewinder, days. like yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Xbox came out in what two thousand, right? Two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand or two thousand one. Yeah. So yeah, they had a presence there, obviously, but like that was that was when they were like, hey, check we direct DirectX. Sure, why not? Like yeah. you know, there there wasn't any console war in that in that department quite yeah. yet. And I mean, I feel like. I feel like Nintendo has a curfew or something. Like they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't hang out. Shots. <laughs> you know, to to your point, John. Yeah, like I think my first E3 was 2014, and I met so many like great friends there. And like that's the thing I think I'm going to miss most about E3 is these gatherings of these people that I don't get to see that yep. work at all these different companies um, that are just together for E3 and to go out party have a good time catch up and then go on our merry way until next e3 or you know if they were at gamescom see him at gamescom again um like you i also met my partner at e3 i think it was e3 2017 it was at the ign uh 20th anniversary party little did you know e3 great for meeting future (laughs) (laughs) most romantic event (laughs) happens in the la convention center yeah the national bridal i'm kidding it's not romantic (laughs) um but yeah no it was a great party i love the the 20th anniversary like it was was funny because we had met probably i don't know two three months prior and then never spoke didn't speak again and i met josh that first uh, about two months prior as well um and then i walk into the party and i hear my name jay and I was like, I look around and I see somebody standing behind the, the red velvet rope in this little corner of the VIP section of the IGN party. I was like, who is that? <laughs> Completely had forgotten him. And then I was like, but you know what? He's in the VIP section. I'm going to go say hi. Just kind of refresh my memory. We ended up spending the whole freaking night together. We danced because there was like a dance floor where we had, I think Grimecraft was DJing yeah. that night. Um, and then... Uh, we had there was a bunch of like game consoles set up, so I, I kicked his ass in Goldeneye, Smash Brothers, and Mario Kart. Um, I held no prisoners, even though he had never played on a Nintendo sixty four. I didn't care. I a relationship built on domination. It is one hundred percent. This one's always hard. Yes, yeah. but uh, you know we he was a good sport about it, and uh, you know we had a great time. And then we ended up hanging out the whole next day, like while walking the floor and working. Um, and uh, then I went to the karaoke bar where. I, uh, the karaoke party for IGN the next night, and that's where many IGN people have uh, seen my legendary performance of Maya. My name is like Whoa, um, which was a spectacle to behold. Um, thankfully, or there was no video or pictures of this, but it was a great performance <laughs> from what I can recall from my, you know, yeah. my haze of E3. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, obviously, like a lot of a lot of E three is sort of the the charm of being there is like schmoozing, network stuff, yeah. yep. getting to know people, getting to meet people. But like, we should talk a little bit about sort of the official presence. Yes, and like one thing that Sony frequently did, varying degrees of success, was like the big presentation. You know, and that yep. was that was a staple since the very first E three, where they were like just casually like. PlayStation will be 300 bucks by, you know, and that was when it's Sega Saturn immediately fell on its face. Um, but like that, you know, back then that was like a, one of those downstairs hotel conference rooms. Like that wasn't a huge big theater. And then fast forward, I don't know, 20, 20 years. And you've got like one of the last big things they did was for days gone. They had fake corpses hanging from the ceiling which were actually real people, but they weren't dead. And so people thought they were like just upside down zombie decorations. And they started playing they were real people and they started like flailing around. People, wow, were, like, people were just like, what the fuck? Oh, God, I think what is going on here? That. And that was, I don't know. I think they, they also had like, 
you know, they had like a dude playing a flute for uh, for Ghost of Tsushima or like, mm -hmm. you know, like a choir for God of War. They always did some crazy spectacular thing. And, you know, it was it was great. They broadcast all that. It was it was wild, but it was always so funny kind of, you know, there's what you see in the video, which is sort of curated. But then the behind the scenes stories of just like people reporting in live while this is happening and not really understanding what's going on because they're sort of too close to it all. Like the last the last Sony E3 pres presentation was that one with the, it was the last of us one. Uh, with the with the big kiss and they had like the string lights everywhere but they had a different room set up for each game that they presented yeah and they had like the sort of the the jackson last of us set up oh, yeah, yeah. which kind of just looked like a chill like event space and i think people got there and they were like okay so we're gonna hang out here they're probably gonna do like a mixer afterwards or something but they kept corralling people to the next thing and then suddenly <laughs> they're in like a weird like you know japanese bamboo garden or something and there's like a dude playing the flute and they're like what are we do what are we doing here and the strangest thing about that watching that like i didn't i've i like never got invited to these things i was always working the this stage or whatever and like between showing the actual like cool footage that you know front facing it, they would cut back to like three people scrunched in at a desk which is just like it was it was actually i would feel like it was smaller than our studio desk we're just like what, are they okay there and then it would cut back and it's some big crazy you know event space but the people that were reporting directly to us would be like I don't know where they're taking us. They're they're shuttling us down some <laughs> weird hallway, and it was that that kind of level of just you know hecticness. And it's 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 not surprising that that kind of thing isn't really sustainable. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like especially like in the heyday of of E three when it was just it was um, a memorable. I can't remember where it was. So when Metal Gear Solid Two was announced, <sighs> they put us all in a. I don't know if you remember the, the original Metal Gear Solid Two trailer. Is probably one of the all time great video game trailers. Mm. of all time and also also yeah, it, no. it, it nailed like the sweet spot of the music to that game it's mm. like and the whole trailer is building with the music so um they reveal it we're in a movie theater it's a bunch of press and you know kojima does his little thing and then the lights go down and they show the trailer and it does the thing and the choir comes in and like everyone is like you know the hair on the back of the neck is thinking gets to the end of it the whole room is totally silent and then Sam Kennedy, who was the editor-in-chief of 1UP, who was one of the, the founders of 1UP, stands up and just goes, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was one that I watched. I like I distinctly remember going, I was, at, I was at summer camp and I'd have to like sneak off to the computer lab. And, like there was no Wi-Fi, I didn't have yeah. a laptop. And I went to like the computer lab on one of those like classic cartoony fruit flavored IMAX. I was like going on IGN.com and watching like a quick time video of the trailer that is like, you know the size of like a polaroid eye zone like it was just like the teeniest thing and it was just so weird to like obsess over that and that was that was like all we got like there was that trailer that was the big the big reveal and then i think there was another one kind of a little bit later on and then the game came out and you're like who who, who is this blonde boy that we're playing as like who is this super, the greatest bait, bait and switch ever um i feel like that experience is like part of why like e3 kind of just became this highly desired event to go to because it started off with like no photos no cameras like you're yep. telling us these stories about things that happen in a hotel basement right it's like you don't really nobody has access to that sort of thing and like yep. then you have to go dig to the computer lab to find a tiny tiny video and like i think as the years went on like e3 just came became way more accessible like there's so many cameras in there like you really could get mm -hmm. an e3 experience without being at e3 well i mean you know john you start out in magazines mm -hmm. like yeah what, what was the turnaround like for e3 coverage was that trickled out over the course of like months 
It was about, if the timing was right, we'd get it into your hands about six weeks afterwards. That's insane yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And like, I don't, you've got time. If the timing go. was bad, like if we, if like it was in the wrong point in our cycle, it could mm -hmm. be two months before you got the E3 stuff. And if there's, there's spillover, like you've got yeah. stories for the following issues after, yeah. like that's just, that's something that's kind of incomprehensible now. Well, so also, never, I mean, like, you know, like our experience over the last, what, 10, what even, well, probably 20 years is that you go to E3 and you see the thing and you go back and you write it up or you're on a stage and you point a camera at it. Back then it was like, you go and you keep notes and you've got discs. And I mean, sometimes 35 millimeter slides and uh, you're not doing any writing while you're there. You do it all when you get home. And then it's just making sure that you didn't you don't lose stuff because there was no, you know, it's not on a server somewhere. It's like, it's literally, here's a, I mean, originally it was, here's a floppy disk. And then later it was, here's a CD. <laughs> no, <it's> Earlier <laughs> E3s, they literally gave you floppy disks. They, would, they would give us disks with, with screenshots That's on and, funny. you know, the press release file. Oh, so like the floppy disk had like four photos on there for each <laughs> floppy disk. <laughs> what's, the, what's the weirdest piece of E3 swag you remember? Oh man! So we talk a lot about the like the promotional mailers that go out, but I feel like E three swag is something that I don't remember if this was E three, but it was a uh, Ninja Gaiden. Um, uh, it was officially cutlery, but it was a it it was a circular thing, but it had three curved blades that folded out of it that were very very sharp. So when it was open, it looked like a giant throwing star. That's cool. And it had a belt clip on it, but you know. Because, you know, when you need right. your three-bladed knife, when you, know, you need like, three-bladed <laughs> knife, show it off. Yeah. I feel like that weirdly is one of those things that skirts California penal code. Extra like, <laughs> yes. absolutely not. A very long blade, no. But like a round pocket knife, why not? It's a multi-tool. What could go wrong? No, that's, that's so much fun to think about. But, I mean, yeah, to, to your point about the turnaround time there, that's a big part of the reason that E3 is going away. Is like, right. what is the... What is the appeal of, of this big physical event when you can just, you know, turn on a, a Twitch stream? Like, you, yeah. this stuff can all be, I'm not even done remotely. It's just do it on your own, on your own terms and like control the messaging. It's, it's a bummer. And I think there is that, like, I think part of the reason it failed specifically this year in, in really kind of was circling the drain for a minute is like, there's this Charlie and the chocolate factory effect where like, there was this, this, this mysterious thing that like people weren't allowed to go into and gradually more and more, like as we saw the sort of rise of, you know, bloggers and, and YouTubers and stuff like that, more and more people just got to go to E3 where previously it was like this very like cut off industry only exclusive thing. You need a golden ticket and you need to get there. Like back in the day, it used to be like a lot stricter of getting people in there. And there was even a stretch there where I think websites were like, kind of iffy you know it was like if you're a print publication no problem but if you have a website or is it a real website or is right. it a blog what's the deal mm -hmm. like destructoid which is in odd states these days but that's you know where i started out and the origin story there is nero gonzalez who founded the site wanted to go to e3 i think he had his 30th birthday he was working in graphic design doing advertising stuff that he hated and he was having this sort of quarter-life crisis and was like he's gonna live to be 120 um <laughs> it was just sort of like i need to i need to go to e3 i want to do this and so he made a robot helmet, started Destructoid, just, just for the sake of, he's like, this is Destructoid, it's a website about video games. He made this character, Mr. Destructoid, and went to E3 and was like, this is, like, he created the publication for the sake of sending himself to this thing, which is, a, it's a lot of legwork to falsify yeah. some credentials, mm -hmm. and then that turned into an actual thing, and then it became a, you know, an actual website that actually covered things, and that's wound up sending jackasses like me there to cover it, but... Yeah, I'll start with like, you know, robot cosplay and wanting to just make that jump from amateur to professional. And 
somehow worked out. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any specifically I, weird E3 stuff. I don't, I don't know about anything specifically weird, but I mean, we can talk about like the booths, like booths are a big part of E3. Like you'd go and you'd be like, what is Nintendo? What did Nintendo do this year? How, what did they, what did they right. recreate? You know, the, the years when they were talking about uh, breath of the wild, like it was such a huge it year. It is deeply like, unsurprising that they pivoted into theme parks immediately after doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I mean, the last few we saw was, yeah. was what, like Link's, Link's Awakening? Link's Awakening. They had an Animal Crossing one, I believe. I think they did Luigi's Mansion one year. Um, and then, yeah. And then uh, it was Breath a great of the Wild. Fit. Before, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, they did a great job with that. I remember, that was my first E3. It was the Breath of the Wild one. And it was so cool. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing, they also had, I think it was whatever year they basically started allowing fans there, we were next door to this. And I think I've told this story before, but it's one of my favorite E3 memories. And it's one of those things I wish we had on tape because I would watch it repeatedly all the time. We had this giant plexiglass acrylic fish tank set up for our, for our studio set. Oh, I remember and, that. And you know, we had the cameras in there. And if you walked by, you could sort of see us doing dev interviews and stuff. And the entryway was, was sort of on the opposite side like of the booth. So you walked, you walked in from one side, you could look straight from the entryway, look across and see through the plexiglass Nintendo's booth. Mm -hmm. And you know, when like birds fly into windows, <laughs> a, a human boy did that to our, the inside of our studio and he saw <laughs> Nintendo in front of him and he just booked it straight in and just went, just <laughs> clear across our studio. And we, we hadn't started rolling yet. So oh, we were just like, what, man. what was that? And he oh, just like, man. just creamed himself in the um, wrong expression. He, he just got, <laughs> <laughs> that came later when he got to you know, a Kirby game or whatever. I don't know. Um, but no, he just went and it was, I think everyone was like, dude, are you okay? And he just like, you dusted himself up and just like, where's Nintendo? I gotta, gotta, gotta go meet Wario or whatever. And just looked it out of there. It was just like, I mean, it was, I, it, you know, I play it out in my head. I was like, this is, this is too good. This is too amazing. But, um, I'm bummed like the last, I think the last E3 I went to is like, I felt like it was starting to like video games were starting to just get really mainstream. And mm -hmm. that was the first, that was the year Jack Black was there. Mm. Like he was just, I heard he'd been roaming around. We saw him like, through the glass or something and like i should have said this as my e3 story earlier but like i was filming a thing where i was playing the son of the owner of e3 and i was like we were at the top of the escalator near the food court and i was like all right let's wrap it up we're, we're about to do the last shot and then i look down the escalator i see jack black and his team coming up and i'm like start start rolling right now and i just like got into character and i was like Dude, yeah, E3 is crazy. We get a bunch of celebrities here, and I timed it, and I was like waiting to see like Jack Black come up in the corner of my eye, and I'm like, and look, Jack Black's right there. It's great. All the celebrities are here, but he didn't hear me say it, so I had to turn around and be like, hey, Jackie, and he's just like, the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> just, like, there was awesome. there was one year where like I, fairly recently where they were like, Kanye is here. And he really wants to talk to Miyamoto. Oh, I heard about this. Oh, and it was, yeah. everyone's like, what? And it was one of those things where they're just like, clear out everybody. Like, we, Kanye's coming. We gotta, he's got to talk. He's, he wants to pitch the game about his grandmother going to heaven or something, which I think eventually came, came out as like a mobile game yeah. or an NFT or something. But I think yeah. it was his mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a weird, weird premise. Um, as for the PlayStation booth, I feel like it was always a little more controlled. Mm -hmm. Like it was fairly, fairly yeah. you know, clean cut. One of my, this isn't a specifically 
an E3 memory, but it was a it was a booth memory at I think it was GDC the the year when the the PS4 and the Xbox One were about to come out, and this was shortly after like the Xbox One had come out, and it was uh, Don Matrick had been like, you can use it to watch ESPN. You like TV, right? And everyone's like, what What are you doing? And this was you know that <laughs> mm-hmm. it comes with a giant connect the size of a, your sound bar. You could it's great, right? And everyone's very mad at Xbox at that point, and the PS4 was like, yeah, this seems pretty cool. Okay. Um, their booths were right next to each other. And like, you know, you're walking on a show floor. It's, it's exhausting. Your feet hurt. It sucks. And Sony's was like really cushy. You're like, oh, wow, it's so soft here. It's nice. You're like walking around playing the games. You're like, all right, great. I guess I'll go check out what they got going on over at Xbox. And you walk like five feet and it's like harder floor than the actual convention center floor. I don't know what they, they got some kind of like formica plexiglass stuff and you walked on it. It sounded like you're walking on like a, like a cartoon stage. Like it was just, <laughs> and it was just, like I just remember being like, I, like my feet hurt from standing on this for five. Like, are they trying to make me not play Xbox One games right now? Um, but they turned themselves around. I, I think they got better cushioning at the next event or whatever. But yeah, that was just a weird. Sony kind of always comparison. had nice carpets, though. It was always like that. <laughs> like they had, like it's a weird thing to say, but yeah, I Sony had was great not carpets. paying attention to the carpet. Uh, well, so a big part of me so i did a lot of previews and stuff so most of my day for e3s was running from appointment to appointment for eight to ten hours straight yeah literally every 30 to 45 minutes i had a separate appointment and so i was sometimes going back and forth between the two halls and whenever i got a chance to take a break and like kind of go in like or go play something on the showroom floor i was like always made sure to have a sony one somewhere in the middle so i could like relax on their carpet because it was so <laughs> soft it was like it was cushions it was, it's a really weird thing I to enjoy but attention. i mean yeah. it's the little things that matter that matter sometimes for a booth experience and you know that was one of them for me it's a weird thing but yeah i can't yeah i don't i can't picture it you like asked me like what are my playstation e3 experience i was like i can't remember what any of their booths looked like it was probably blue like that was the only mm-hmm. thing i could really remember but my first e3 like i got to go close doors for like the uh, god of war preview when they first like revealed that and i was like i was like a contractor at this point like i'd been working here for like a month and a half and like wasn't really getting paid i think <laughs> but i came out of the room and they're like hey we're going to interview everybody on what they thought of the preview i was like oh cool and i was like i'm going to be in an ign video and, and then the video came out and my entire bit was cut i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I remember that very specifically yeah thinking back we also used to have like the ign war room which was just this, oh, this institution and i feel like there's all these different horror stories about places where it was set up over the years and the one we kept going back to was this like studio space in downtown LA, like a few blocks from the convention center. And it was, uh, what it was used for when E3 wasn't happening was always open to interpretation, mm, but yes. there would be like very weird suggestive cushions. There, there was a giant chair that looked like a, like a, like a shiny high heeled shoe. And everyone's like, they shoot a, a suggestive a, cushion. Like, you know, like a, just a cushion where like, what do people do on these cushions? Like, oh. This doesn't look comfortable to was, sit on. We were yeah. all like pretty, like there was a, you know, like a green room makeup room and it just had like, I, I I forget if it if I forget if it actually had like adult film stars pinned up on the wall, but it was very clear. Like I think they do some um, adult filmmaking here. You know, yeah. I think they'd have some. And th- then there's stories about like other outlets that had even even like skeevier like locations they shot. I think Giant Bomb had one that was infamously like they're like don't don't sit on that couch. That that couch has seen some stuff. But uh, <laughs> no, it was, it was always like a, a trip, and you get everyone kind of crowded in there, and we'd be up at you know we'd be working very long days, and because we're doing you know studio shooting, we'd just have like blackout curtains everywhere, and so you'd come from like the sweltering bright LA sun, and you'd go in this this like giant air cooled warehouse basically that was pitch black, and then we'd all kind of crowd around and we watch we'd watch the big presentations and like. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like it was the Death Stranding reveal that was like my last really big like right. just punch. Could I? And we're just we're all like we're running on adrenaline and caffeine and probably a hangover and like just Norman Reedus like get butt naked on a beach full of crabs and being like Kojima's back. I'm like, what is he doing? What? And it, you know, <laughs> here we are years later. And I'm like, I think I understand that game. I want to play the next one. But like that went from being this is the most like. Just things I'd never seen before. I didn't really know I wanted to see Norman Reedus naked on a beach covered in crude oil or whatever that was. But, yeah. you know, I was like, okay, sure, sign me up, you know? That was the most excited I was about an E3 trailer since probably the, you know, Metal Gear Solid 2 one, which was yeah. also a big deal. But, uh, yeah, I miss, like, watching those, like, reveals live with, like, a group of people. Like, just having that energy when, like, certain things got announced or revealed was just, like, unreal. Especially, like, for somebody who, like, wasn't following e3 very much before like joining ign i was just like dude this is hype like mm -hmm. this is this is sick <laughs> and the war room was not always super cooled uh it was just sometimes it was very hot it was a warm room yeah it was a warm room yeah well, they'd like they'd like pipe in air conditioning and then they'd also bring in like giant hot platters full of like hot hot meats to it was like, yeah. everyone crowd around and eat the big hot get yeah. like a big hot pasta plate and then don't fall asleep for seven hours <laughs> that's crazy yeah no, I've had some good times doing that, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss E3 on that level. It's just weird to hear it's not happening, and it has yeah. it has kind of fragmented and splittered. And I'm I'm curious to see how it kind of shakes out. We're obviously gonna have plenty of coverage around the various summer events that are happening. I don't want to be totally fatalist about it. There's gonna be some yeah. really cool stuff coming mm -hmm. out. Sony is they're gonna do something this summer, presumably, or maybe later on, whenever they feel we'll like. Run it. out of things for us to get excited about, right? We know the Spider Man, and that's Wolverine. it. That's yeah. Well, I mean, maybe. Maybe they could, I mean, they could no, show yeah, like we'll a. <laughs> they could show like a Wolverine teaser image on social media for the next like 14 years, and I'd be like, I want to play Wolverine. Like it could be complete vaporware, but I. They're, we animated one of his comics. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. Be great. Yes. I'd be into it. Uh, I do hope we get to see more Spider-Man very soon, because that seems like it's right around the corner. Mm -hmm. um, something else that's right around the corner uh, is a couple of very cool-looking Souls, Soulsborne, Souls-likes, whatever you want to call them. Uh, Elden Ring's DLC seems like it's probably a ways off. I think we're going to need something to hold us over until that finally drops. Uh, and two games have kind of caught my attention. One is Remnant 2, and the other is Lords of the Fallen. And the first one, Remnant 2, we have, we have an IGN first up about that. Travis Northup got to play it. Uh, he came away extremely into it. Uh, JD, you played a bit of the first one, right? I played a crap ton of the first one. Um, so Remnant's like the Souls-like third-person shooter uh, with like abilities and stuff like that. Um, fighting off all these different like... It's Dark Souls with guns. Yeah, it's Dark that's Souls with guns. That's what yeah. the community calls it. Even. Yeah. yeah, and so like it's, it's one of those games where like... So they give you like different difficulty settings and they want you to start on the first difficulty setting because the enemies are like level based. So their stats adjust based on the difficulty okay. you play on. I didn't realize that the first time I played through it or I ignored it and played on the hardest difficulty right off the bat because also that's just what I do. It's just a habit for me. Um, and I was playing it with my partner co-op and it was so challenging playing through it. I felt like it, it, gave, it felt like it gave me the actual like true souls experience. Cause it was like, I have to be perfect. I have to dodge these shots. I have to take cover. I have to heal at the proper times. I have to manage my ammo. There's a lot of stuff to it. And like some of the bosses are just so over the top. I remember we got stuck at this one boss early on for like two weeks. Um, cause he could just teleport around and he kept summoning endless people. And so we were like, we had to learn mm -hmm. all the teleport points. So that's, that's one thing that Travis said the second one fixes is yes. the bosses are less prone to just summoning minions and just dropping them on you, which is yes. very good to hear. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just really, it's a very solid, it's got a great challenge. Like, uh, you know, one of the other things he was telling me about, he was talking about in the previews is how a lot of the environments are 
are more varied because that was one of my biggest criticisms with it is like besides like the swamp and then like the dlc areas it all got kind of like oh we're in this area with this kind of like you know uh demon vines and stuff that are everywhere and covering everything um is but this, yeah uh, what are we looking at here is this, this two this, this is, is two yes yeah, this, this is, is, okay. is the second and is one. the first the first one what so what's the i i never played the first one mm -hmm. so what's the what's i mean I can guess from the footage, but it's, what's the what's the setting and the honestly, backstory? I played and, a bit of it, and I have no idea. I think it's post-apocalyptic, but it's like so far in the post-apocalyptic. He's wearing a jaunty cowboy hat. He's got a jaunty yes. cowboy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you got so like yeah, it's post-apocalyptic, and like basically this like alien vine type thing is coming over, and it's started corrupting the land and uh -huh. stuff like that. And so you're fighting back this corruption, and there's all these different like corrupted beasts that you're fighting that take different forms as video you're game. going through it. Yeah, it's a video game. Okay. <laughs> uh, I feel like that it's very much like it was like cool art direction first, story second. Yeah. You know, like that's Got it. and it's also it's. I didn't realize it was procedurally generated. That feels like a pretty huge selling point for oh, the first one. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Well, so it's it's a bit more a bit more roguelike than than so it yeah. Was. So yeah, it's a little yeah. So like even in the first one, playing through it, um, if you uh, were your world was was separate from somebody else's, but your world was the same every time you entered your world. Oh, your world is consistent, but, but the, your world you and my world would be laid out the same. Exactly. You'd Got be it. different. We'd fight different bosses. So you'd like have to play through it multiple times to see all the different bosses or play co-op with other people up to three players to see the different variations in the bosses. And sometimes the maps would be laid out a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, but you, you know, once you got used to it and you're like, okay, I know what this area is. I know I'm going to it. I know what boss is going to be at the end here. Um, for certain ones are set. Obviously some of them weren't. Um, but yeah, and like, I forget the, like, I remember the ending was like, you were fighting some, like, you got sucked into like this, like memory or inside of somebody's like consciousness and you were fighting some big old demon inside someone's consciousness from somebody who was like in a coma or something spoilers, like that. Spoilers, maybe. Yeah, it's spoilers. But I mean, it's the game's like, I don't know, seven years old now. It's been out point. for a minute. Yeah. It's been out for a minute. Um, and, you know, there's definitely more to the story. You'll That's also, that was your ending. You, someone else might have had a completely yeah, exactly. different... Exactly. You know, maybe they, maybe, maybe they gave the person yeah. CPR and they, they woke him up out of the coma. Yeah. I just went in and shot the demon. I, like, I messed with the first one a bit. I think it was on Game Pass or something. And I was like, oh, I'll check it out. Brian was singing its praises. And I was just... I messed around with it. And it, like, I... The jaunty cowboy hats didn't sit well with me, you know? Maybe it was <laughs> the angle that they were at. A bit too jaunty for my taste. I don't know. Uh, it, it, I it felt good to play but i wasn't really enamored with the world itself like i didn't really want to spend time there and it you know it was good enough to mess around with but i wasn't sucked into it um the screenshots that dropped when we first showed off like the first one or when it first popped up in a trailer look like a different game entirely like yeah. they look oh, really? they're so much more colorful uh they're just it's very brown yeah it's got yeah very brown and red the new Those one the new one's gotten a lot a lot yeah here's there's the first one there but like the new one has like stuff that just it looks like it would be at home in a in a from soft game like got some it. of the creatures look much more interesting uh and it's i don't know the description like the the, the variety of of biomes you go see mm -hmm. which sounds sounds cool you know and i also i think that does having a variety of like rogue not roguelike uh procedurally generated stuff really does foster that kind of playground conversation yeah. that we get with like mm -hmm. you know and i mean people went in different directions and saw different things in elden ring and came back and were like, did you fight the big dog or no i didn't fight the big dog i fought the turtle or whatever you did in that game um and in this case it's like you're actually experiencing entirely different things so maybe you're gonna see the same stuff at different points um but yeah it remains to be seen another thing is uh travis was saying that there's like there's a lot more build versatility, yes. whereas the first one was kind of like, you know, you more or less pick a class and then just stack mm -hmm. weapons on there. Uh, in this case, there's melee combat is an option. One guy has a dog. You can just make your dog fight for you, which seems a little bit inhumane, but, you know, <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't make my dog fight like a giant 
uh, Venus flytrap demon or whatever that thing is. But uh, yeah, it seems like scratching that itch of wanting to like craft builds much mm -hmm. more. So that's that's cool. I'm and this is I think this is still slated for a uh, 2023 release at some point, but it's not super far off and it looks like a damn good time. So I'm, I'm color me intrigued. I'm, I'm into it. I'm hoping me and Brian can play some co-op together with this one when it drops. Cause I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. Maybe I can like sit in the back and like hide behind a tree. And you, can, <laughs> you can play the character yeah. with the dog and just see yeah. how the dog come and help us. Yeah. Play, yeah. play yeah. the dog. Third. Just play as the dog. <laughs> That'd be good. I'd be just in have, the third, have that controller next to Brian just unplugged. And <laughs> um, the other game that I'm really into is Lords of the Fallen. Not mm. the original because that one was, I don't know, pe people were so-so on that one. It was mm -hmm. messy. Yeah, you, it was a big, big, grim, grim, dark, medieval fantasy type thing, which I think... It was think a PS4 launch title as well, like, or very, it was either... Very early. It was very yeah, early yeah. into the PS4, so, like, it was one of those ones that was, like, it's like, we're learning how to code, how to program and make games for the PS4 kind of type things, which is normal for everything. We got that with PS5 with what, um, the God game, God... God's Fall. It was like the Gearbox, the Borderlands. Godfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Godfall. Thank Godfall. you. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, you get those types of games every generation. And this was Lords of the Fallen was kind of that one. So, yeah. but and the new one looks great. This one was announced as the Lords of the Fallen. They're kind of doing like a the Suicide Squad kind of thing. But then they changed their minds and it's just called Lords of the Fallen, which is. It feels a little bit like, please forget the last one. Yes. This is mm -hmm. what we really meant to do. 100%. <laughs> but it sucks. There's only, there's only so many names in video games. You can only name things a certain amount of times. Sometimes you just got to <laughs> use the same name. You got a hand me down name. Uh, but this game looks phenomenal uh for starters there's a there's a really good write-up over on Eurogamer that has uh bits about how like it is the first one you played as the grizzly gruff man i think you could adjust the you know stats and classes mm -hmm. and all that but in this case it is like a full-on character creator it is uh fairly robust you can make your character as as robust as you want them to be uh and then of course it's there's a very cool demo not not demo there's like a tech thing they put up to show off the sort of unreal five of it all uh, and it looks it looks really impressive. Again, that's focusing strictly on the on the, shape. on the visuals. You know, you can make the. It's got, they showed it at the uh, epic showcase during GDC. Yeah, and mm -hmm. the I think the coolest thing is the transition between. I don't know, is it dimensions or oh, whatever? Oh, going is? from like, the like the into yeah. like the umbral world. Yeah, there's this like sort that, of yeah. like other world that is like that. It's layered, sort of. Yeah, in terms of your perception, right on top of the existing world, and you can move between the two. It's and like the look of the world just like morphs into like reality, and then into yeah, this it's, like twisted it's, world, and then back again. It's, it's like what like HR really Eager sees yeah. when he closes his eyes. Like yeah. it's just it's. But that's the I I feel like that's the mechanic that really sets it apart from just being another you know another Souls like. Um, it's you have the the main world is called Axiom, and the, the other Hell world is called Umbral, and you have this little blue lantern, and when you hold it up you can see what's happening in this other realm. And in, in many cases, there will be full-on different stuff happening there. Like, there will be enemies that aren't there normally. There will be, like, you know, doorways, staircases, stuff that you can't access otherwise, which sounds just like a really cool exploration mechanic. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is one of the, the key things they're focusing on with this game, um, which I'm, I'm into, but there's, there's other little wrinkles in this, like, the, just little kind of casual mentions that just made my ears perk up in terms of, like, what this, what this game is like to play. <laughs> This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. 
The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, one thing is you have, you have checkpoints, you have like campfires or whatever, mm. and they're portable. So you can figure out where you want your, your oh. respawn point to be. However... Enemies can come over and like kick dirt on your campfire or whatever, or break your little lantern. Like they can come over and like wreck your save point. Yep. So you'll have oh. to go even further back to wherever your last one was or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and th- none of this has been like. And they said those are expensive too. They said yeah. it, like it's expensive to craft these save points. So yeah. So you gotta you gotta be careful where you decide to like you know you cannot sleep when there are enemies nearby or whatever. But the thing is, if you I guess when you die. Uh, you first, you first start out in the umbral world. Mm -hmm. Like you have like kind of a two phase death where like you, which reminds me of what I think what death stranding was sort of doing where you would like die and you'd be a fish for a second or whatever. You just Mm. sort of swim around and then you, I don't know what the deal was with that. But in this case, (laughs) you you wind up in this like blue hellscape summary of death stranding. (laughs) You're a fish and then I don't know, you go home, whatever. Um, build a catapult. Uh, but no, you, you, you wind up in this sort of this umbral realm. And I guess you have to work your way back to your body or your soul or the, another, I think it's another passageway to get back into the, the Axiom realm. Uh, but it sounds cool. And if you die in there, and I guess that, you know, as you'd expect from like a arcane hell realm, 
it's a little it's a little bit scarier in the the blue lantern realm you know so like there's more enemies um one thing that is another added wrinkle to that is that there's apparently like a cowardice meter and there's like a little mm-hmm. eye on the screen and as if you're if you are if you avoid battle too much it'll slowly open and i don't know what happens if you are just like too like too much of a coward if they the just game mocks you the game yeah. yeah so yeah like my understanding from reading it up reading on it was as the eye gets more and more open like the enemies become more powerful and stronger so the more you oh, run away from enemies or hide or do whatever so it's like you're like, pissing it off yes yeah. exactly it's <laughs> like it's so it's like hey you need to be aggressive you need to stand your ground otherwise I, we're gonna penalize you. i absolutely like i love the idea of it i know i will hate it in oh practice. god i'm gonna hate yeah. it in practice it sounds <laughs> amazing yeah i mean that's what that's what like kicked me off of demon souls is what like it was like world states or whatever where, oh like, yeah when you died and if you yeah if you die enough times he's just like red skeletons show up and start beating your ass and you're like i didn't like what i suck at the game so they're gonna make so it it's harder gonna suck <laughs> yeah what is the incentive here like, i mean it's it's honestly the same logic as like bank overdraft fees it's like you don't have any money so give us some money yeah. like uh, <laughs> thanks dude <laughs> um but yeah no i'm extremely excited about uh what they've talked i do about have to say i think it's one of the best looking games i've ever seen from the from the footage i mean it looks unbelievable mm-hmm. look at it Um, unbelievable even unbelievable no i mean like it's weird to get such a sort of deep dive in an unreal 5 tech demo while we i haven't i don't think we've really seen a proper yeah i think this might be one of the first sort of real this is unreal 5 firing Mm -hmm. on all cylinders kind of game i hope it delivers they have a part in there which also feels like a almost like targeted harassment because there's a character there that's like basically bloodborne with a with a morning star like there's just somebody with like a little tri-cornered hat and like feather armor and then they, you know, they're swinging around this thing and they, you know, they, they zoom the camera and it's like, you can get, you can check out the individual thread count of this tunic. It's like, that looks cool. It'd be nice if someone at Sony did something like that with somebody wearing a little feathered cape and some dry mm-hmm. cornered hat. It'd be kind of nice to see what, how, how nice the fabric is in Bloodborne. I would like that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. These both look really cool. There's too much dirt when's, on the clothes uh, in Bloodborne. When's Liz is falling out? I think that's still slated for later this year. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, that feels like one of those ones that's going to come out swinging. Wow. I have a feeling. I like. I think you could be right. It could be 2023. I feel like it's going to be a 2024. The article said like they, they, it's been in development for like three years been, or so. Yeah, they've been doing it for. A while. Um, well, it got announced ages ago, yeah, like shortly true. after the first one, and then it was. I think it's a similar but less publicized case to Dead Island Two, where this is you know it's the ship of theseus like this is effectively an entirely new game mm-hmm. like the thing that was in the works has been scrapped and this is something entirely newly developed right but it sounds like it's been in development hell but it hasn't been it's just you know they at some point they started from scratch they said they've been doing a lot of like community feedback on it so they've been getting people like in and kind of like looking at things and taking that feedback and adding it so like hopefully they that's only going to help better the game because mm-hmm. they're listening to people who want to play the game and want it to be as good as possible so yeah. i mean i hope that i hope the the soulsborne audience offers um you know better better advice than behold dog or try finger butthole yeah. <laughs> uh yeah it says here it's out october 28th 2014 oh wow yeah, that's what happens off, yeah. when you name your game the same name as the last game you <laughs> yeah. put out that's one reason to not do that according but, to steam it's just sometime this year yeah so yeah um very cool right. i'm looking forward to both of those games seems like a good time um Moving on, uh, something that came out of GDC, which was sort of a weirdly uh, one of those just you, you said the you said the quiet part loud kind of things. Uh, Doug Rosen, who is the senior vice president for games and emerging media at Paramount Global, announced that they are making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin game. Now, if you're unfamiliar, Ooh. this is a hit graphic novel by 
Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the original creators of, you know, Ninja Turtles, the old comic. Um, and it's, it's pretty good. It, it's very much the dark Knight returns mm-hmm. with turtles, mm-hmm. which checks out because, uh, the early turtles like you know frank miller's daredevil had like the the hand and they had the foot clan like it was very like ninjas in new york crazy isn't it and then that's what that was in this case it feels like kind of a mashup of frank miller's um ronin and uh the dark knight returns but with turtles um and i think it's really well suited to being a video game uh they name checked god of war specifically saying that like they want it to be like a you know serious narrative uh not a cash-in type of thing they want it to be like a very good Mm -hmm. narrative driven video game um and i think it it fixes it it works really well because um one thing that happens here and this is i feel like very mild spoiler uh there's only one turtle which turtle is the one turtle it's revealed at the end of the first issue and it was a surprise going into the release but if anybody wants to go in totally cold i won't say right yeah I will say that this turtle wields all of the weapons of the turtles mm-hmm. um, of his of his brothers. So that's like I feel like in itself a really good video gamey situation. If you're yeah. making a single player thing, it's it's the you know it's the same weird inverse problem of like Gotham Knights, where like you're making a four player Batman game, everybody wants to be Batman. In Ninja Turtles, you don't know which turtle you want to pick, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it's yep. kind of there's an inherent teamwork there. But if you get rid of three of them and have the other one kind of carrying their their legacy and using their weapons, then it's kind of like, well, what color skill tree do you want to pump points into? Do yeah, you want to work yeah. on your bow staff or your size or your nunchucks or what? Yeah. You can do this. You can do the kind of rock, paper, scissors mechanics of having, you know, quick weapon swaps to like the D-pad and, you know, like, oh, these enemies are weak to a staff. These mm-hmm. enemies are more weak to a sword. You know, that type of element can go into it, which is great. Um I'm about halfway through. I think I'm like, I think I'm at the start of issue three for this one right now. Um, really digging the story. Um, it's a little bit light. Bebop and Rocksteady get married. Yeah, so definitely. I didn't mean to spoil yes. it. That's what yeah, I, I'm Come seeing. on. Uh, yeah, the big wedding. Big wedding scene. Yeah, uh, it, was, it, was almost, it was almost a red wedding. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> but no, I, I'm really excited for this. They also, if they, hopefully they don't borrow this element from God of War of like, if there's any like environmental puzzle solving and stuff like that because <laughs> periodically throughout the story like he'll kind of communicate with his siblings his dead siblings uh, like through like kind of talking to himself kind of like his we'll through their memories hey, and stuff maybe if you freeze the guy <laughs> exactly <laughs> the water so i'm hoping i'm hoping they don't borrow that from god of war because i know a lot of people even the voice actor uh <laughs> wasn't happy with that um yeah, we so. have a video on our tiktok of uh sunny who plays atreya saying he was annoyed at himself playing the game for giving himself advice yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um but yeah no i think it's very well well suited um you know there's appearances from other side characters in the ninja turtles in there so like there's right. like mm-hmm. it's got that's great for giving other people for this turtle to bounce off of yeah. um, i think also just having sort of again this this one turtle has the other turtles sort of with him in spirit mm-hmm. and i think that's a really good excuse to have some sort of ambient dialogue mm-hmm. you know instead of having aloy being like i sure should pick up more rocks to make arrows i'm climbing something like instead of just having that weird in inner stash. monologue yeah like yeah. you have you have voices in your head and it makes sense in in terms of the actual story uh, yeah. the other thing is it, it takes place in like a weird futuristic cyberpunk version of new york city which is handy because nobody's like this isn't like new york city it's you can get as video gamey as hell as you yeah. want with it it's yep. completely right. made up it's totally totally fictionalized uh and that's also it's got that level of like because it is this sort of alternate timeline version of what's happening with turtles you're not you're not stuck with like oh they screwed it up 
Yeah, but, April's not hot enough. Oh, it's just, <laughs> someone will still say that, but somebody um, will. And also, it's like there's there's like robot Foot Clan and like Baxter Stockman's weird Mouser variants, mm-hmm. which is so video gamey to have yes. them get like weird reinterpreted. Whereas it's like I don't know if you if you're trying to keep it grounded, it's like how many different sort of street level punks can they fight? And mm-hmm. just how many mutants do you want to roll out? I wonder how the like flashback scenes will go too. Will they go like really like bright and shiny New York and all the turtles are just eating so pizza all the time? In the, in the comic, the flashback stuff is actually um, drawn by Kevin East, whichever one did the, did the art in the originals, but it's basically like the old school. Oh, really? So like the slightly more gritty. It looks like full on Sin City, basically. Let me see if I can find a page here, but it's. Yeah, and there's like different there's different kinds of flashbacks that pop between different periods of time. So like there's like like retelling, which is like in pure like black and white and stuff like oh, that. Oh, so they do and black and white style. So yes. some page and it's cool because it jumps between artists, but like the f- present day is all kind of similar stuff. And then um, yeah, the ba- the you know there's actual flashbacks using kind of retro style. Cool, oh, stuff, sick. Which would be kind of cool. Like I'd love to see sort of the you know the Ghost of Tsushima effect there, where it do like the yeah. Kurosawa mode for all the flashbacks. Yeah. yeah, you know it's black and white, so you know it's the past. I don't know. Well, they go back in like Turtles in Time style flashbacks. Yeah. As for when this game is actually coming out, uh, Doug Rosen said that they have found the right partner to adapt The Last Ronin into an ambitious AAA video game, which... Six years. uh, Exactly, yeah. Yes, six. I feel like the fact that because this was a businessman muttering it at GDC and not like a uh, massive logo over a CG trailer... Somewhere a guy who just signed a contract or is about to sign a contract went, oh God, what did he say? (laughs) This is like Bob Iger dropping the names of six new Star Wars movies. Like, it's very much like, okay, well, so much for marketing, I guess. Somebody told me about these, you know, in my brief so I'm gonna sell these yeah. to the world. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I really I really hope that more companies take a cue from Insomniac Spider-Man and yeah. you know the Arkham series. And it's like, oh, maybe we can. Maybe these things don't have to be licensed cash-ins. Maybe they can be full-on, you know, proper proper stories using beloved characters. Yeah. Just just it would a thought. Be great if uh, I mean embrace. Uh... You know, bought all these game studios and it owns Dark Horse. It would be great to start hearing about, you know, some of the classic Dark Horse franchises mm. being like new stories, but being made as video games. What's but the, what, no... is, what does Dark Horse still have? Well, I mean, so, I mean, I think the big, the big one was sort of a licensed thing, which is now all in the same boat, which is Tomb Raider, right? So mm-hmm. any new Tomb Raider story is a sort of combination of Crystal Dynamics telling the story and it being a Dark Horse story. Um, but I mean, this, they're sitting on like literally hundreds of properties. There's so many. Yeah. Yeah, Legacy of Kane and stuff is all yeah. under Embracer now. Yeah. There's like a lot of good classics. I, me- I meant specifically Dark Horse, like what are, because they used to have... You know, they used to have Star Wars, and that was yeah. their bread and butter, and then Disney scooped that back up and dumped it on Marvel. But, like, uh, I, I mean, I guess they've got the mask. They've got, like, Rusty and the big guy, the boy robot, or whatever, big guy and Rusty the boy robot. I mean, Sin City, a video game, would be interesting as hell. Not sure how that would age um, or how much Frank Miller would have to say about it, but, like, something cel-shaded in that area. There's that Hellboy game coming out, which is... Oh yeah, big yeah. thing yeah. which looks extremely trying cool. to go for like the look. Oh, wait, of is Umbrella Academy Dark Horse? Looks like Umbrella yeah. Berserk. Yeah. Um, Berserk would be cool. I'd like, I mean, I don't. I, th- I think that I think they can reprint it. I don't think they own the rights to it. Um, Resident Alien, which I'm not everyone loves the show, but I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of anything Resident Alien. Mm. Well, there we go. There's a bunch. Dark Horse prints a lot of comics based on a lot of stuff, but as far as what they actually own, oh, The Witcher. I'm curious about. Yeah, that. I would love to see a Witcher game. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Dark Horse. I think, it's I, I think I think they could probably make get at least like three games out of that. At yeah. least yeah. maybe. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Sick, dude. 
Um, moving on, uh, briefly touched on this. Sony's going to do a summer something or other. They're yep. going to do a summer showcase. What do we actually think we're going to see? Realistically, Jada, let's start with you. Uh, realistically, more PSVR two stuff. You think so? I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get. I think we'll get a little bit. I don't. I'm sorry, I did that out loud. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's be on the level that they need to do for PSVR two to where it needs to like really kind of jumpstart the the interest in this peripheral. But I do think we are gonna get a snippet of like. Here's some companies that are working on PSVR 2 stuff. We probably won't see anything, but we will hear that these are the companies that are contracted to make PSVR 2 games in the next two years. That seems like a thing that maybe could have happened at the last showcase that would happen before the PSVR 2 launch. It's an odd time. Then again, the original PSVR 2 or VR came out, and then I remember there was one year... Uh, at E3, where they had like something, they had, Sony had something they were going to be unveiling on the mm-hmm. side of the, the side of the convention center. There was something that was still furled up. They had all these big banners, and then they pulled it down, and it was the big yogurt covered pretzel move gun controller, the mm-hmm. yes. VR <laughs> VR aim controller, oh. uh, yeah. alongside the uh, Spiders on Mars game, whatever it was called. I forget. Far, oh, far Spiders side. on Mars. Far, Farscape, Farpoint, 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 Farpoint. Farpoint. Uh, something, Fartpoint, Fart, Fart, Fart Crimes, Fart I don't, something, but yeah, I don't, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I was like, I remember just like kind of camping out outside and being like, what, what are they going to show? It's going to be, it's going to be huge, and it was like, I don't know, maybe unveiling a massive peripheral alongside the actual that was thing, the thing itself. That looked like been... something the Blue Man Group would play with, right? Yes, yes. big white sort of bendy. It was a very, and you stuck yeah. a move controller in it, or yep. had mm-hmm. a move controller ball on the front of it. You could, uh, yeah, you literally inserted it into yeah, yeah. like the front of it, yeah, yeah. So. It, it, it looked like a like a sh- like a shower handrail that like elderly people have with a clown <laughs> nose on one. That was a choice. I, I I did also appreciate that it wasn't it didn't look like an AR-15, which is what the previous Move Aim controller looked like. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. You really yeah, think we're? Gonna see I, I think I think like I said, I think we're going to see not what we want or we should see for PSVR two, but we're going to see some kind of nod to it. More realistically, summer showcase is going it's going to be dominated by Spider-Man, um, and then hopeful and like. Last of Us multiplayer. That would probably be my two, mm-hmm. um, my big guess yeah. for the summer. Hmm. John, what about you? What do I think they're going to do? Or what do I want them to do? They can mix it up, do a little bit of both, you know. Um, some sugar in that cereal. I don't know. I used to put sugar on my Frosted Flakes. It's kind of the weirdest <laughs> cereal to add sugar to. But Is that why you're like that? That might be Is why, why I have to sleep. That might be why I don't sleep. All those frosted bowls of Frosted Flakes with extra sugar for the first like 15 years of my life. There's a bunch of studios within Sony, and we have no idea what they're doing, right? So we're not clear on what Sony Bend is doing. We don't really know what Sucker Punch is doing next. Um, I would imagine there's another God of War, but I don't think we'll hear about it yet. Um, I would love Ben to go back and reboot Siphon Filter. I think it's time for the resurgence of of sneak-em-ups. Like, like, you know, I want Splinter Cell back from Ubisoft, Um, you know... You know, something something Metal Geary would be great, but I think Siphon Filter was an idea that was held back by the technology at the time. I agree. Um, it was a great idea. It was a great story. Look like ass. I mean, look at it. Oh man, I did. So I yeah, I so I got the platinum for one and two last year during like my my trophy sprints. I have three downloaded to save for this year's trophy yeah. sprint. But yeah, no, it's like it it controlled really poorly because of just like how it was set up and like, like a the total reboot were... of this franchise. Yes. I think could be, and it's like it's like reintroducing it to a whole new generation of gamers. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of great ideas, but it was sort of ahead of its time. Um, I would, I mean, I think we'll see another Ghost of Tsushima game. 
I would love a new Sly Cooper instead. Yeah. Uh, or a new Infamous. But I, I kind of think with that done with Infamous. I think so yeah. too, sadly. You know, the, the sad thing, like you bringing up like Siphon Filter and, U- and Ubisoft bringing back Splinter Cell, like it's such a weird dynamic that like the chances are in our industry when one type of game comes out the other one also comes out or, so they end up directly remember, they all stopped making them because there was so many of the damn things yes. and everyone was like oh this is really played out so everyone stopped and now we haven't, we haven't had any for 10 years yes <laughs> it's like it's like just come on guys just like let's get an order like one of you release one and then another one release one for like three four years later like keep a normal like keep the supply chain going for yeah. these so yeah, it'd be nice to see something like that i again uh, i don't know siphon filter seems it feels like it would kind of fill in sort of a blank in in Sony's catalog, yeah. you know. Like there's mm-hmm. there's some colorful cartoon characters. You've got a you've got like a samurai. You've got like a Norse god. You've got uh, a, a woman who shoots like clock clock radio dinosaurs with homemade rock arrows that she, when, when she's done climbing stuff. Like it's kind of we don't there's no there's no like kind of high tech you know military thing yeah. in there. You know, it feels like it would, it would fit right in. Uh, and they you know they own it. I feel like the game like the, that. Well, that's. Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell. Oh, yes. Um, I feel like the, the gameplay of, of Siphon Filter has aged poorly, which, you know, you can excuse that. The the cover art, the the like the pre-rendered CG on mm-hmm. the box is just like, ooh, not, not good. <laughs> oh, there was a lot about it, that, but like there was, there was some ideas in there that were really smart and it was like their ambition was just held back, yeah. I think. I mean, they did the train They did a train sequence before Uncharted did. Yeah, yeah. Like, they had a, a decent train sequence. They were too stealthy about it. Nobody noticed. <laughs> you know what you do is you get you get Yoji Shinkawa to redesign Splinter Cell. and Not Splinter Cell, uh, Siphon Filter. And mm-hmm. then you and people are like, well, this looks like Metal Gear, feels like Metal Gear. All right. And, you know, Kojima's off making a game where Norman Reedus takes a bath or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What What is a Siphon Filter? Siphon Filter it was a... It was like a... Um, Oh my goodness! Like a like a chemical. It was like a like a uh, like a bioterror uh, weapon. Because it, it just reminds me of just like fluid dynamics. It's just it's just w- it's just words. Filter. It's a si- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Plumber would recommend it, me know, like filters the siphon yeah, out of it. <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, I'm looking at this title. I'm like, wow, it sounds really cool. And I'm like breaking down the words. I'm like, this sounds like an appliance. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if there's anybody who works in some very like specific like I don't know aquarium parts selling things, and they just yeah. their, their Google search results are totally screwed up trying to find and people are searching yeah. for siphon filter. Yeah, yeah. and the developers like the cousin. He's like, "Whoa, that's a cool word," and then just yeah. put it in his video game. <laughs> yeah, that's a choice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it also it, it doesn't it doesn't it does it could mean anything. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's such a strange term that you can yeah. really kind of go anywhere yeah. with that. So. You know, have, it could be a puzzle game about filtering siphons and siphoning filters, yeah. all the above. Siphon filter simulator. Like that. Josh, what about you? What do you what do you think we're going to see from Sony this summer? I feel like, you know, the whole th- thing we're doing now is expanding classic game libraries. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a pretty big announcement. They'll be like, here's a bunch of new games we're adding to like the PlayStation That'd be dope. Plus, like mm-hmm. essential thing. That would that seems pretty likely to me just because I think Nintendo did that at their last direct as well. Right. Yeah. They had like a here's a bunch of new games we're going to be adding. And so I think it makes sense. I, I think like it's a good is, safe bet. Yeah. I, I hope that we get bigger stuff than all this, you know, this, I, I would hope so, I, but I, I've been, you know, disappointed every time. I'll hey, just say that. <laughs> no, that's actually a very reasonable way to approach things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, prepare to be, uh, be, be, uh, Aim low, and then maybe you'll surprise yourself by something turning out okay. But I mean, what if there was a game that you really wanted to see in the Essential Collection? 
Like, maybe then you'd be excited, right? Yeah. Is there a game? I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think what's on there. I, I don't know. They. Are you talking like classic, classic yeah. catalog? Yeah. Um, I play Tokyo Jungle without having to stream it. That would be great. Yeah. That'd be great. It's like, they, it's, they, is that possible? I don't even know what that game is. They have is. a whole showcase to just show off that Tokyo Jungle is now, now added. It's playable the... without having to stream it. They added Thank one game to it. Excited. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, this <laughs> one goes out to Max Scoville. Uh, we added Tokyo Jungle. They spent 13 minutes. A lot of people would be pretty excited about Tokyo Jungle. No, I think that would be, I think, you know, to that point, though, I think it would be a huge win for Sony if they made their PS3 catalog downloadable to play without having mm-hmm. to stream them. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of games in there that, you know, I like, I just don't want to deal with streaming. Not to mention, if you're streaming it to your console, if you're, you know, trying to stream yep. on Twitch to other people, you can't do that. Yep. You can't screen cap, you know, images or anything like that. You can't record gameplay on your console unless you have outside materials and stuff like that. So I think that would be a big... We're showing gameplay of which Simpsons game is this? Uh, Simpsons, Simpsons Wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> that was really... Adding some like you know fan favorite classics would distract everybody from being like oh why don't they have any big exclusives coming up mm-hmm. They'd be like well at least I can go back and play Simpsons Wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. I mean I think there's a lot of older stuff that's ready for being either rebooted or remastered mm-hmm. or like yeah. they haven't touched Jack and Daxter for years. Yep. Um, like I mentioned, Sly Cooper hasn't been touched. For, I mean, there's a lot of stuff oh. that has beloved. You yeah. know, it, it it's beloved by fans that they've kind of walked away from. Um, I think one way, I mean, we've got, we've, we know there's a Silent Hill 2 remaster yep. coming. And yep. we, we've heard all these rumors I'm about We're really glad we're showing Pepsi Man, Man right Pepsi now. Man. Put, <laughs> it's the game that Red get, really wants. Just Pepsi Man gameplay. Yeah. I think it's generous to even call that gameplay. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's an endless runner. Yeah. Yeah. It, until you get tired and turn it off. <laughs> um, no, uh, I mean, we've heard all these rumors about Snake Eater getting remastered forever. Yeah. Like for ages, that seems like a very safe bet because of all the sort of Metal Gear games. That one yeah. kind of exists in a little corner. It works well. People love it. It's, I think, I think objectively the best in the series. Uh, people are obviously kind of fussy about that happening without Kojima. I think bringing back David Hayter would do a lot of heavy lifting there. Like having yeah. come, yep. come out and, you know, he's, I think he's maybe doesn't have a whole lot of love for, for Kojima after getting unceremoniously cut out of Phantom Pain. But uh, I don't know. I, this would be huge. And also like people are, people love to be mad at Konami. People do not want to forgive Konami for doing Kojima dirty. But I feel like if this is presented alongside PlayStation, yeah. you know, there's yeah. very much a lot of association mm-hmm. with Silent Hill 2 and yeah. with Metal Gear Solid 3 with, you know, PlayStation consoles. Like, that's a nice way of kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know. That'd be a cool thing to see. Just putting that out there. Just throwing it in the ether. Show us that game. I, wanna, I want that to be a real thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be weird as hell if they got somebody who wasn't David Hayter or um, Kiefer Sutherland to be Snake. Like, they just got some complete rando. <laughs> guy with a deep, just picked up the guy off the street. Just some guy off the street. Like, hey, yeah. you're going you're to be sna- you, solid. He's like a very clear, like, big boss model, but it's Quentin Flynn voicing him. So we're like, it sounds like Raiden. It sounds like Raiden. I don't know what's going on there. I don't, <laughs> I don't want Raiden in there. Um, no, I mean, realistically, for what Sony's showing off, I, I want to know... Like, I'm going to play Spider-Man 2. I'm excited about Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I'm, yeah. It's going to be a really good time. I'm confident I'm going to enjoy it. However, I would like to know what makes it a PS5 game. Like, what is it doing yeah. that is new and exciting? Like, what is the, what's the, what's the big exciting? You can go inside of buildings now. That'd be crazy. If you can go inside of every single building in New York, dude, 
The one thing I always love about Spider-Man is when he goes inside and sits down. Yeah. Know? I mean, endless thrill of swinging and crawling on walls. Just, no, I, I mean, that. they started it with Miles and you got to go into the bodega for like a split yeah. second. But mm-hmm. that was pretty much it. They're like, yeah, maybe they'll expand on that. And you can go to bodegas and sign autographs as Spider-Man or as Miles. I don't know. I mean, that's been my biggest pipe dream for any like open world yeah to be able to enter in any building it's like great i can run around any building but let me go through it yeah and like i remember assassin's creed 3 like teased that pretty like oh yeah you was, like you can like jump through windows yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was sick like <laughs> mm-hmm. spider-man could start doing that i'm in be a good time yeah uh, i don't know um again also like i i like i love spider-man spider-man's cool but i want that wolverine game so badly i'm oh, gonna no, be dude. i'm like yeah. so excited for that i will inevitably be disappointed on some level there's something about <laughs> it it's just gonna make me i'm not gonna i'm just and now i'm telling myself that so that i can psych myself out and then yeah. i'll enjoy it more because i'll be expecting to be disappointed max is one like downside for that. wolverine's gonna be his claws aren't shiny enough like yeah. <laughs> the puddles aren't realistic enough this, they're not rainwater they're blood this time <laughs> I don't know what to expect. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. But yeah, uh, I mean, obviously Sony's like big, huge thing. When, when is I keep forgetting when Final Fantasy 16. That is July? June, end of June. Is it end of June? Oh, it yeah. is end of June. Yeah. 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 So I hate to say this, but I feel like if we do get a kind of E3-centric PlayStation It'll showcase because of something. Of that. Well, Square's doing that, I think, mm. in that time frame because it's like right on top of the launch. Yep. Um, but at this point, it's like who is like I feel like most people have decided if they want that or not. You know, mm-hmm. and anybody who's sort of not feeling it, they're probably going to get convinced after launch when it gets reviews. When everyone's talking yeah. about it. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm curious, but I'm also not particularly like hyped about it. I'm kind of, you know, I'll check it out. It sounds sounds interesting, but it's it hasn't it ha- I, I'm not like eager for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a good way to kind of put it like I'm I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan and like I'm kind of just like whelmed by it right now like i'm not i'm not underwhelmed by it like it looks really cool i love the dmc style combat that's coming to it but for some reason i'm just kind of whelmed by it right now whelmed. i'm whelmed we haven't mentioned the thing that i think sony could do that would be bigger than anything which is my show- xbox <laughs> which is show the first teaser trailer for gta 6 you think that Rockstar would, would... I think it's this year. You think so? I think the teaser is. I don't think the game is. Yeah. But I think the first proper acknowledgement this is coming is this year. What do you think the logo is going to look like? A lot like the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Modeled after like a $5 bill, right? Like that's it's going to look basically. like a $6 bill. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a crispy $6 bill. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I would have, it's just like a five with a one glued to it. I don't know. Just- yeah, I mean, whichever whichever first party gets to roll that out as part of a showcase oh, wins. exerts a lot of influence, right? Like, it's not going to be... I mean, there's going to be no exclusivity whatsoever, but, like, there's that just association. And, like, if Sony's smart, it'll be do it with us i mean rockstar mm-hmm. has always been tight with sony like yeah. i remember being actually surprised when i saw a preview for gta 5 that it was running on a playstation mm-hmm. which seemed odd because at that point basically every preview event with you'd go to was Xbox. was 360 yeah and it was surprising but um yeah we did hear about was it the gta online had the you got like a, a million free dollars a month of there's a bunch of, yeah there's like a bunch that, of free yeah. stuff on yeah there. uh so i mean then again, I don't know. I feel like Rockstar is too big for that. I feel like they they may go on their own, but I think that would be right now. Given that there's there's not much visibility into what's next for mm-hmm. PlayStation, I think of the third party stuff, the biggest noise Sony could make would be, and you know, there's something first on PS5 with GTA. I could see I could see Rockstar to that point, like kind of doing their own thing first, and then Sony's like press conference being like a day or two later, yeah. and it's like here's 
it on the PS5 with like, and here's all the stuff you're going to get mm. in the PS5 version or something like that. Like, yeah, we're, we're just like, we're like, just writing our Christmas list to Santa Claus right now. Yeah. This is just getting too. I, this <laughs> yeah. is how you can make June and July really yeah. exciting. I mean, we're yes. still in that mindset. It's, it's that muscle memory of like expecting things to happen around E3 and yeah. things are still happening around E3, mm -hmm. but it's also, I think, I think Rockstar is well aware that they don't need to play by those rules. Huh. I mean, Red Dead Redemption, they were like, they put up a, a a graphic that was like a cowboy hat or something, and it was like tune in on September something or other. And then oh god, it was like, that red thing with just the silhouettes. Remember? Yeah, and that yeah. was it. Yeah, and they yeah, I don't know. They gave us some like blankets that had that on it or whatever. But yeah, do do something with bully. Do, do something. Put put just bully master. It would be yeah. great. Um, no, but they're clearly busy with GTA Six. But I I feel like that's gonna be that's gonna be a JPEG first, and then it's gonna be a date, and then we're gonna yep. all line up, and then we're gonna see. A trailer that will pick apart for six months and yep. then hopefully it'll come out shortly after that uh yeah i don't know it's it's such a it's such a weird time i mean sony has been also very tight with um with epic on unreal 5 mm -hmm. like, yeah. there's been a lot of kind of tech showcases sort of side by side with that so maybe we'll get like a proper reveal of something that's been teased that's running on that maybe it'll be maybe lords of the fallen something like well that. i mean um i can't remember the name of the studio but Oeda's studio signed with epic um for you know the next what would have been team eco game what they called gen engine or whatever they're called oh, now yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. um but yeah they back in 2018 i think they announced that they were publishing through epic so there's there's that too there could be you know, the, whatever the successor to Shadow of the Colossus and T Eco and um, Last Team Guardian. Guardian. Yeah. Guardian yeah. Gen, that's Gen Design. Gen Design, that's and it. This yeah. was, yeah, that was about three years ago. Yeah. That I they mean, signed so that deal. So potentially we may get a tease of something from them this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, I hope. It could not be exciting. Who knows? I'm curious. If you can't be excited, be curious. <laughs> now, one thing that I uh, actually no wait we we totally didn't touch on the Last of Us multiplayer. That's the Last of Us multiplayer. Oh, yeah, it's got to happen. That's, that's we, we've seen what like we've seen like two JPEGs from that. We've mm -hmm. seen like, concept art, but it's a it's a known it's a known thing sort of. Yeah, and they stay, they keep they think they made a claim like it's the biggest thing that the Naughty Dog has done or something like that. They said something along I think those it's lines. It's going to be like the Division. I hope not. I like Division, but like I don't want that in my Last of Us. Yeah. So I don't want bullet sponges. Um, I don't know. I, I I think if they take what they did with factions in the original Last of Us, yeah. and they just deepen that experience, maybe add to where they ha they do like uh, Fortnite or Apex does, and they have these like stories that are. Sh that are added into this multiplayer experience that you can experience simultaneously while playing. Mm -hmm. um, I think that can be, I think that's the right route for them to go because Last of Us is a very narrative driven game. So it would make no sense for them to not include some sort of narrative addition of showcasing other characters in the world mm -hmm. at different periods of time or, you know, spotlighting different characters we haven't seen yet or just, you know, adding new characters into that universe for us to just kind of experience and enjoy. Mm -hmm. oh, I think it's going to be totally the other direction. I think the, yeah. the key thing that's happened since The Last of Us Factions first came out is the rise of survival games. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I think Rust, for instance, is a big one. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be the same deal of just, like, having to gather stuff and, and craft it. But, like, DayZ was just coming out when Factions popped up. Kind of more like sure. State of Decay or something like I, that. Yeah, yeah I think like so. Like, building a stronghold and defending it. And maybe, yeah, maybe maybe less, like, overt building. But I think, I, I think it's also going to have a much broader scope, mm -hmm. you know, because The Last of Us 
you know, just in terms of the, the scale of the game, like Last of Us Part Two is much wider. And people also, I think, come to expect that. Like seeing a game that has, uh, like a multiplayer game that has sort of small, compact levels is is not really, not so much a thing anymore, you know? Yeah. It's, it's you think, uncommon. You think we're going to have like a map that's like a good chunk of like the US and like it's just like open world... I don't, like think, I don't think it's be that big. Maybe yeah. corner of Seattle. I don't know. Mm -hmm. the, the war for Pike. That's why I was thinking you know? division, like that kind of structure where it's like yeah. you're wandering around in a group mm -hmm. and it's kind of instanced within the world that way. Mm -hmm. I could see them doing. That would be gnarly if it was if it was like that, but with the really kind of just brutal combat of yeah. of Last of Us. Horse. Okay, yeah, I could yeah. see that, but like that style of division. Yeah. Yes, yes, I could see that. I yeah. enjoy that, but not the bullet spongy type of yes. thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I see. Man, that's hard. Yeah, like it's just because the studio, they only do these contained single player things. Like it, I can't even imagine it really right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's hard to picture. Yeah, it's. I'm very interested. I, I just find it funny that they've only been showing concept art and like as if they were like Sony's like you gotta show something and they're like fine here here's this I'm like <laughs> here's you don't know anything else on a building it. yeah <laughs> I just I want to know more about it, but it's crazy that we've been known about it for so long. And just haven't don't know anything really. The concept art being shown off officially. I think it's one thing if it gets leaked or yeah. they put it in a picture frame in The Last of Us Part Two or whatever. But it's just it kind of it kind of bugs me when it's like someone gets up on a stage to show off like a JPEG. It's just yeah, it's cool. It's a cool JPEG. I mean, coming from like a standpoint of us at IGN, it's like we got to use this image every time we talk about it. And this it's like, come on, just give us a logo. In San Francisco. Is that the Bay Bridge? Looks like yeah, it, yeah. It's a palm tree. I should know this. We, like, live here, you know? It could, it could be. It could yeah. be. It could be the Bay Bridge. Yeah, it could be the, that could be the Brooklyn palm tree. Yeah. Well, there thanks, Red. Thank you. <laughs> oh. Is that the Bay Bridge? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, anyway, no one knows what bridge that is. We should know more about bridge. I feel like this has also been, this picture's been out for like a year and a half. Like, we know what this Nobody picture is. Nobody tried to figure out which city this was. Nobody noticed the bridge. It's weird. We we're the first ones well, to pick it oh, up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it is it is weird to show off just a, like a, a it, it's a, it's concept art that says a lot. Like, it's not like vague. It's not like a, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. tormented looking Ellie with a guitar. Or like, yeah, it's not like a, sure. it's not, it's not a, it's not, it doesn't set a tone. It really kind of sets expectation for action. Like and it's scale. Kind of a, yeah, like this is kind of a full city sort of scale. And yeah, like, I think you're trying to get through the city to find out what bridge that is. You don't know what the bridge is. Ooh, gonna find out. What city are we in? Yeah, <laughs> what's this city? That's that's always the big challenge when you go to a city is finding out what its name is. You know, it's all the street the signs they say the names of yeah. the streets on them. You can't figure out what the city is. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah, very excited to hear more of that. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll click. You know, like I feel, I feel like. I remember Adam Sessler getting specifically weirded out by The Last of Us having multiplayer because the story, the single player campaign, the story is like such a gut punch. Like it's so, mm -hmm. it's so impactful narratively. And then it's like, all right, buddy up with your team and go kick some ass. It just trivializes the, yeah. the emotional kind of weight of it when it's like, now nah, just run around and shoot stuff. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird move. I mean, people still loved it. Like it really, you know, I appreciate that it also wasn't just boilerplate multiplayer. Like it did its own thing. Which I think Naughty Dog is good at by identifying, like, you know, we're not going to make a multiplayer thing unless there's something, something there for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is which is cool. And uh, you know, I, I'm just dying to find out what that bridge is. A lot of people are saying online that it's the Golden Gate Bridge, which I don't that think is not it is. Gate. I know that's, that's definitely like not. A Golden bunch Gate. of outlets are saying this game is set in San Francisco because you can see the Golden Gate Bridge in the background, and I'm like, 
You been mm. to San Francisco? There's a palm. Maybe it's a. There's maybe not. it's like the. Maybe it's red. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, maybe it's the Los Angeles Bridge. Ah, yes. You know, yes. famous Los Angeles, yes. which they built <laughs> after. Bridge. Well, I mean, LA. The, I mean, yeah. uh, we all know LA is an island, so right, like, right. right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Anyway, on that note, I think we're going to wrap things up. But thank you all for joining me thank and sharing you. weird Eastern yeah. memories. And uh, I someday hope to hear Dave Grohl sing the Parappa song. Yeah. But uh, on that special. note. Got a campaign for that. Yeah. yeah. Beyond. Beyond. Yeah. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>